Welcome to K Drama School. I'm your host Grace Jung, and class is now in session. Drama is a little show called Goblin, also known as Guardian, the Great and Lonely God, or in Korean, just Tokebi. I have this memory of a, another Korean drama from the early 1990s called Tokebi. And I know some of you millennial Koreans and Korean Americans know what I'm talking about. It had a very intense drumbeat opening theme song, but I can't seem to find it anywhere. Because the 2016 Tokebi drama is dominating all the search engine results. So, if you know what I'm talking about, please message me because I'm dying to figure out like, what show this was. Okay, so let me give you some industry context. Goblin was written by a writer named Kim Eun Suk, and so many of her shows are huge hits. And some of the favorite shows、um, that she's written include、uh, Lovers in Paris. Secret Garden, A Gentleman's Dignity, The Heirs, Descendants of the Sun, Mr. Sunshine, The King Eternal Monarch. The King, Etern- the King Eternal Monarch is the most recent one that is currently on Netflix. It dropped in 2020. And、um, yeah, I, I personally I don't like it. I don't think it's a good show. But out of, out of the shows that I just listed, my favorites are Lovers in Paris or Paria Yonin and A Gentleman's Dignity. Or, like, Shinsai Punkyak. It's so good. Both of those shows are so good. Dramas like Secret Garden, The Heirs, Descendants, Mr. Sunshine, and The King Eternal Monarch became enormous Hallyu successes, meaning successes overseas. But they're a little too over the top, sweet, and cheesy for my taste. So, I mean, you can take it or leave it. I don't know. It's, it's up to you to decide. But I genuinely did not like The King Eternal Monarch, which is. Like I said, it's currently on Netflix. It had an enormous budget, huge expectations, just like Mr. Sunshine did. But、um, yeah, despite the star power, neither shows were very good. And in Korea, the reception for both of those shows was like very modest to low. I'd say ever since Goblin, Kim Eun Suk's writing has been struggling a little bit.、Um, she's really been struggling to put out a, a Korean drama that really sticks. As well as some of the other shows have. And if you want to read more about my take on Mr. Sunshine, you can look it up on my blog post on hj.com.、Um, I wrote about Mr. Sunshine and Netflix and the embedded marketing that that show has, which is like somewhat ridiculous. Like, like we're, in the late, we're in the late 19th century and they're like, At coffee houses, like Taikum Coffee House, <laughs> like they're eating at like Paris Baguette. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it was it was a bit much. Writers like Kim Eun Suk and her mega hit shows are putting Korean TV screenwriters on the map, I would say, and they're gaining auteur like status, you know, like auteur meaning like oftentimes you'll attribute like auteurship to big name filmmakers like Hitchcock or like, you know, Godard or, you know, Terrence Malick, you know, but like, 
Um, I would I would give Korean TV screenwriters auteur like status and respect now because Korea is giving them that status and respect. And because of their hit TV successes, overseas platforms like Netflix are also recognizing them. You know, so I feel like the concept of auteurship requires rethinking and cinema media studies can really start melding auteur studies with the Korean TV screenwriter as a quote unquote showrunner with Hallyu or global status and influence. And kind of take note how streaming and production giants like Netflix are working to accommodate and take in talent like theirs. So Goblin has some big names to be reckoned with, like Kong Yu, Kim Go-un, Yi Dong-uk, Yuinna. Huge names. Kim Go-un had already made a big splash in 2020 with her film Amuse. Uh, she also got some recognition for her performance in another Korean drama that she um, was in earlier that year prior to Goblin called Cheese in the Trap, which is based on a popular webtoon series. And Goblin is about a young girl named Untak. She's an orphan who can see ghosts, right? She was born destined to marry a 939-year-old goblin named Kim Shin, played by Kong Yu. And Untak's ability to see ghosts was interestingly framed as a disability in episode one, especially the way like her mother looks at her. Um, I, I found this reimagining of disability as a superpower kind of progressive and creative on this show. Um, and then Untak eventually moves in with uh, Kim Shin, the goblin, and they fall in love even though she's a high schooler and the goblin is almost a thousand years old, but it's fine. Plenty of netizens express their disturbance over this age gap. They said a lot of negative things about it, so I won't mention it any further. Okay. Untak pulls the sword that's stuck inside Kim Shin's chest, which makes him disappear. Like his punishment um, for murdering so many people as a general in wars uh, was that he can't die. Like he's like going to live forever until his bride comes and pulls the sword out of his chest. And he waited almost a thousand years for this to happen. And when she does this, uh, he disappears. He turns into dust and he disappears, right? And then all memory of him is like lost among the people who are left behind on earth. But he returns to her 10 years later. And the the old um, Korean drama trope that I love was reused here. Um, so Untak can't remember who he is, right? Like she has like amnesia or something. Um, but of course her memory returns, right? Because, you know, f love is fate. And yeah, when they're in Canada, <laughs> she's like suddenly, I don't know, like her memory returns and like, um, she, he start, she starts running around looking for a candle to blow out and then when she blows out a candle he magically appears and then the first thing he does is like of course like smooch her you know like I don't know why so many Korean dramas have that scene where a man grabs a woman and like yanks her towards him and smooches her real hard like if that happened in reality all you would end up with are like broken lips alright or broken teeth um, it's very rare that yanking somebody and then smashing your face into them results in a romantic kiss it usually just results in injury so just just note for all of you people who have not kissed anybody yet like don't try and kiss somebody this way it's very dangerous and it leads to more humiliation all right this is just something that korean dramas 
um, aesthetic, like used for aesthetic purposes. It's not at all practical. Anyway, uh, I found the way that they kept going to Canada uh, really ridiculous and funny. Uh, it, like even his, like the goblins gravestones are in Canada. Like why, why are they in Canada? It's so weird. But anyway, um, like from an industry level, they were shoehorning in Canada because, you know, Canada airlines is a product placement on the show. And also the production most likely benefited from Canada's tax cuts as a runaway production. Untag and Kim Shin get married. But literally the next day after their wedding, Unta gets killed in a freak car accident. The way that she dies is pretty tragic too. Like a truck randomly goes rogue and it's about to hit a children's school van as like kids are starting to board. But Untak sees this and she drives her car in between them, sacrificing her life instead of the children's. And then the goblin is left alone for several decades, like mourning her death, mourning the death of his sister, mourning the, the disappearance of his friend. And he's back in Quebec, Canada, sitting by his gravestones during sunset when a high school girl approaches him and asks him, hey, mister, do you know who I am? And it's, you know, suggested that it's Untak reincarnated as his bride once more. And then the camera pulls back in this extreme wide shot with the drone and it ends on this very beautiful picturesque image of the two. I would say the soundtrack on Goblin is pretty awesome. Um, there are songs by people like Ailey and Hayes and Han Suji and Chanyeol, Punch, Crush, Mamamoo, Soyu, Sam Kim, Eddie Kim, and a bunch of others. And I still listen to the show's OST every now and then. So um, check it out if you haven't. I think the music goes a long way in any Korean drama. It's like a third of the battle for a successful show, in my opinion. If the music sucks, the show is gonna suck. I think the motif of children in this drama is very significant. So in 2014, there was this capsizing of a ship called the Sewolho Ferry, or just Sewol Ferry. Um, on board were 400 people, including over 300 high school students. They all died. Um, the ship's capsizing led to enormous protests and demonstrations on the streets. It also led to the eventual impeachment of President Park Geun-hye. And um, ever since that incident, uh, whenever there are ghost stories in Korean dramas uh, from 2014 onwards, it, it has this other significance. Okay, so like after this Hill the Sewol Fairy tragedy, you had a lot of shows about ghosts or protagonists with supernatural powers who are battling injustice. And Black, which is on Netflix, it's a K-drama on Netflix starring Song Seung-on and Koada is one of these shows. There have been a few copycat dramas ever since the success of Goblin, like The Bride of Habek, which is based on a comic series, Black Knight starring Shin Se-kyung, and Hotel Del Luna starring IU. I genuinely didn't find any of these to be as good as Goblin, but the point I'm making is that these shows with ghosts and supernatural abilities are a way that Korea is processing its national trauma of losing hundreds of children in a fairy sinking due to the negligence of authorities. So it's got this very subtle political undertone uh, or political critique that's there, uh, but you just kind of have to seek it out. Like when I talk about the negligence of authorities, I'm talking about, you know, like the captain of the Sewer Ferry who lived. Okay. Like he was trying to run away from the scene of the crime in his underwear. 
after hundreds of people have died. And he was trying to avoid taking responsibility for overloading the ship's cargo, not following protocol, and, you know, was trying to get away. And now he's serving a life sentence in prison. But of course, this doesn't bring back all the hundreds of children who've died. And it's, you know, obviously broken many families' hearts, right? And it's led to a national trauma, like I said. Um, so that's another way of reading Goblin. In fact, you could read any of the uh, ghost story narratives in Korean dramas from 2014 onwards that involve ghosts and justice and children as some form of reckoning with this uh, political trauma that Korea underwent. In any case, that's my reading of The Goblin, and I now want to introduce my next comedic guest. Her name is Lizzie Cooperman. She's a force to be reckoned with when she's on stage, like real powerful. Uh, you've seen her on HBO's Crashing and Lights Out with David Spade. She's written for shows like Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. She's written for The Eric Andre Show. She headlined at numerous comedy festivals, including Just for Laughs in Montreal, uh, you can listen to her comedy album, Organism, which is on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Play. She's hilarious, and she is an artist through and through. Let's talk to Lizzie Cooperman. Um, I do guided meditations on the Calm app because American Express was like, you get a year free membership of Calm. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So... Yeah, what about you? I have not meditated yet. I woke up so late today, but I did my morning pages, my three pages of stream of consciousness writing. Yeah. Nice. And I don't know. I'm just kind of like drifting right now. I'm in New Mexico. I know. I'm wow. trying to figure out what to do next. <laughs> what brought you to New Mexico? I came here years ago and I was like, God, if I ever am in a place where I could retire, this is where I'd want to go. Wow. Have you been here? I've never been to New Mexico. People are like, wait, so you're 75 years old. <laughs> um, no, I, so then when all this, you know, I was just kind of going crazy in LA and I just needed to get out for a little bit. And I couldn't think of any place that like my lease was up. I think, you know, I had a peacock resting oh balcony for the uh, entire, like starting in May or something, just this giant yeah. bulbous haggard yeah. peacock. On your doorstep. My doorstep. And so, yeah, my lease was up and I couldn't think of anywhere I couldn't think of a place where I thought of it and it made me happy. Huh. And then I thought of New Mexico where my friend Chris was I was like, what's within driving distance that I could just like put my stuff yeah. in storage and leave for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important for like adults to figure out where their place is like where they feel the happiest and the most at home you know and it's never really the place where you're currently at it's usually like a place that you imagine yourself to be in the future you know and it's sad that we we sort of 
delay that leave it for the future but it's like i mean i love what you did you're just like oh where will i be the most happy and you just like packed up and just went there i love that thanks do you do you have a place like that in your mind i do um right now for me it's berlin i love berlin i feel very much at home there even though like i don't speak german but i love the city i love the people there um and I mean, New York always feels like home to me. But in terms of like restful, relaxing, at peace kind of place, I don't think it would be a city. In my mind, I have this fantasy that I'll go to like, like I'll have a house somewhere in the coast of Maine, like isolated from everybody where there's like a cliff, you know, like I'm like my house is on the cliff. And it's totally isolated, very far it's from traffic. Unstable foundation built. <laughs> You're like a house at the very edge of a <laughs> Yeah, like the next small erosion collapse will bring me and my house down to the crashing into the rocks. But that's where I want to be. <laughs> what? I didn't catch that. Um, that's You're like, that's my dream. It is. <laughs> I just, I would rather be surrounded with sounds of nature than my upstairs neighbor piece of shit walking around with his boots on all day or my other upstairs neighbor with her piece of shit dog barking uncontrollably all day or my other neighbor who I can just, I hear everything he does. Like, and another name, I can hear him listening to like, I mean, him I actually like, the one on my left, I actually love him because he listens to like R&B songs from like the 90s that I'm like so into. And I'm like, yeah, play it up. I'm all about it. But like the rest of them, I hate them. So you're listening to the call map and there's like an undercurrent of no scrubs. <laughs> yeah. I Transformative. Wait, okay. Maybe yeah. we should. I mean, I don't know. We might have time for you to make the main move. You think so? Yeah, I think you should put on an Irish knit sweater, grab a <laughs> lobster net, and <laughs> now, do you have like a because retirement place setting is New Mexico, but do you have like a retirement activity that you imagine yourself yeah, doing? I or sit and write. Like mm -hmm. I want to, I want to live that. I don't know. I just imagine like Giorgio O'Keefe kind of like in Taos, living in some Adobe style home where you can just walk outside and see the mountains. Because that's what's what's so beautiful about it here is you can because everything is you can't they can't build buildings past a certain height. Mm -hmm. so is very low and you can always see kind of like where the earth meets the sky oh wow and there are mountains at like everywhere i turn there's a view that i'm like oh my god like if i'm just feeling kind of like in a rut i'll just go on a short drive and just marvel mm -hmm. and especially i found this one neighborhood where i'm like i know george rr R. martin lives here and i'm gonna find them <laughs> He's here somewhere. There's like an article that he wanted to build a castle in his backyard. And the city was like, no. Yeah. No, the, the height is there's a limit. 
Yes, but I don't think it was even that tall. It was just some weird like medieval spire that everyone was like, can you just not add that to (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he deserves that. Like he deserves, like after all that, but he lives very modestly, I think too. Like he doesn't live in a huge house. He lives in one of those like small adobe homes. I, I actually... I might be making this up, but I think he writes his books on like an old fashioned computer, like a really old one, like one of those thick boxy white ones uh-huh. with like the blocky ones. Yes, he writes on a blocky computer. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Remember those uh Apple Macintosh computers that were like gel colored, like turquoise yeah. green and orange? Do you think it's one of those? My childhood, but I've seen this. Yeah, I actually, I've actually seen his. It's a classic blocky. It has very little. It only has personality because it's his. You know. Ah, uh, do you think he got it custom made? Like, <laughs> no. Is it just like an old MacBook or? I feel like it's one of those things where you get attached to writing in a certain way. You know. Huh. Like I write in a three-ring notebook, a seven. Mm. Page. I don't like when it's thicker than 70 pages. Spiral yeah. notebook. Yeah. Like, I do my morning pages. And the minute someone's like, oh, I got you this journal. It's like, I don't want to write in a golden journal. I can't. Right. I just feel like I can like fling it everywhere and that it has just no importance and that there's no pressure on what happened. Yeah. I totally understand um, that. What do you write with? What do you like to write with? What kind of pen or pencil? For that, I'm very flexible. I, I like black ink, prefer black mm-hmm. to blue, but mm-hmm. whatever's around. Like I've learned to not be a snob about that aspect because it's huh. I'm disorganized. So a lot of times it's beyond my control. Hmm. You now I've done it with a marker yeah. pencil. Not a huge pencil fan. Yeah. You know, I I learned this from a, she used to be an intern at a, at the NYU uh, Bob's Library, and uh, she told me that librarians use pencil because pencil lasts forever, whereas ink fades. Pencil lasts forever is such a poetic phrase. You're <laughs> <laughs> blowing my mind right now. Pencil does. Yeah, the irony is it's easily erasable, but pencil does not fade. Oh, interesting. Is that because it's lead or? I think the graphite, yeah. The graphite. Yeah, I, I think they stopped using lead in like the 19, like 60s or something. I mean, they stopped using lead, yeah, because it's poisonous. I've been eating pencils by the dozen. <laughs> yeah, but I have that same... Um, that preference you know like right. i use um hard i use hardcover moleskin see this is where i'm more mariah than you are i, I like hardcover moleskin i don't like soft cover moleskin um i i use them i use moleskin for both comedy writing and journaling but for journaling i use pencil and for my comedy writing i use pen and the pens i use i'm very specific too i like the jet stream pen I get them specially ordered. Really? <laughs> yeah, because they they glide so smoothly. Right. And, and even the the 
the what is it this the millimeter of the ballpoint i'm very specific with that too i like thickness i like i like one millimeter i don't like it when it's 0.5 or 0.7 it's too sharp and thin for me i'm very specific like that dove into the world of millimeters and now that you're saying if i got a certain millimeter it would only lead to disappointment (laughs) i love that you're so specific about it you're like, and I spin the moles myself. <laughs> did you uh, Did you have a nice Christmas Eve dinner yesterday? Did you, you know, eat something? I weird? am a Jew, and so I don't do it. Yeah. And I actually, yeah. like every Christmas, I kind of feel torn because, you know, I've been in relationships with people who have celebrated yeah. Christmas. I've done it with them before. Yeah. Or a friend's house where they... There's a whole, you know, and it's fun and it's fun to go to a party. Yeah. But I, I don't like to blur it so much where it's like Christmas is for everyone. You know, I, yeah, of course. Yeah. I have like kind of a joke about it, but it's, it's, I just feel like there are certain, only certain things that I can do in this modern world that keep me attached to my Jewish identity yeah. Not overtly celebrating Christmas is one. Because when I was little, yeah. I would go to like the grocery store with my mom's, mm-hmm. go, oh, Merry Christmas. My mom, instead of telling me to say it back, we go, tell them. Oh. Tell them. And I would say, I'm Jewish. Nice. <laughs> I think she just wanted me to feel good about it and assert my yeah. identity. And then they would say, oh, then happy holidays or whatever. But yeah. Um, or happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. So last night, um, I did not make, um, I did not have a blown out feast or anything. Did you? Yeah, I had a steak. (laughs) Um, There's this, yeah, I made, well, yeah, I I went to the, there's this big ass Whole Foods that they just built in Sherman Oaks. It's enormous. It's so gratuitous, but I was like, I want to, I want to see what's up. So I went in there. And when I went in, it wasn't that crowded. But like after 20 minutes, the line went to the other side of this enormous Whole Foods. And I had ice cream in my cart and they were melting. And I was just like, I was really like trying to practice mindfulness and not panic about this ice cream melting. I was like, by the time I get to the register, it's going to be goop. But um, the cashier, if it unmelts, it'll melt again. Or, I mean, it'll freeze again. But it'll get that icy, awful texture, which I hate. Oh, I, okay. I know what you mean, but like, huh? Is it like prickly kind of? Yes. It's like yeah. like icy. It's awful. The creaminess is gone. And I was just like, but thankfully, when I got to, when it was my turn to go to the register, they had me go to the smoothie <laughs> bar to pay. And so I got to do a little bit of commuting with a, a person. And I was like, do you mind if I swap out these ice creams for more frozen ones? She's like, yeah, sure. So I got to, you know, so it took care. The universe took care of it on its own. There was no need for me to panic for 30 minutes in that line. It reprogrammed yeah. for you. <laughs> it reprogrammed. Yeah. Yeah. But are people good about it over there where you're at? The thing is, you don't run into as many people here. Uh-huh. So like, Less crowded. Yeah. I mean, I go through the Starbucks drive through. Like, I do little things, but 
even like I had to get blood work done the other day. I was the only, you know, you wait in your car, they come get you. The woman was a little chatty and I was like, okay, I go, when you actually draw my blood, let's not talk. Like, <laughs> shut up. Because <laughs> she kept going, oh, you're visiting. For and I'm like, we don't, any conversation that doesn't need to be had at three feet apart, skip right. it. Uh, we don't need to know about each other. You'll never see me again. You're not going to think about me. Just don't, <sighs> you know, the personal stuff. Yeah. I just, yeah. But but everyone seems like they've been very safe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I go hiking, but then I get scared after. If I don't see anyone on the trail for a while, I get freaked out and I turn around. Oh, why? I don't like the idea of running into an animal, like oh. no one else around. And I know there are like wolves and stuff out here, but there's one trail I've been just like loving and I get up to a certain place and I'm like, okay, if I don't see anyone in the next like 30 seconds, like it just, it makes me nervous to be, I guess, out in the middle of nowhere alone. I could, yeah, I could get that. Yeah. Like if, if something happens, like you're injured or, you know, yes. something terrible happens and there's nobody around to help you right yeah. so it's like yeah. covid plus bears mm. or whatever is <laughs> there are bears here but i think they've gone into hibernation i think it's cold yeah. enough that maybe they have i noticed that um you posted on uh, your instagram a pair of gold birkenstocks and I was just like, what's with Lizzie Cooperman and gold shoes? It's so funny because I, I knew for context, I just posted, what is Santa going to put in my gold, Bir put in my Birkenstocks this year. And you wrote another pair of gold traveling shoes because when we were at the airport, Grace, my they were, it was a pair of gold loafers. They were mm -hmm. falling apart yeah. on my feet. <laughs> before her very eyes. And she was like, you need to get new shoes. And I was like, these are my favorite shoes. I've since worn them yeah. away because I believe a hole developed in the actual sole of the shoe. That's what I'm saying. I could hear the heels of your, I could hear your bone heels <laughs> hitting the airport, like, pavement. And I was like, you need new shoes, lady. <laughs> like, protect I, your feet. Things. It's like the 70-page notebook. It's like... Those were my George R. R. Martin's computer. I understand. You know, yeah. I just, I get got attached to them. And then one day I was like, oh yeah, these don't look good anymore. Grace was right. Sometimes you do need a friend to tell you that though, you know? Yeah. One yeah. friend whose eyebrows were always so intense. And I was like, I'm not going to be the one to say anything. And I'm just wondering if someone ever will. And huh. never de-intensified. De like my life looks so different just from being alone. Yeah. Systems have changed, you know? The Rube Goldberg goes in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. What's one big change? I have to say I am struggling with like fitness and exercise uh -huh. during all this. I used to love the gym. Uh-huh. I'm not a gym rat. I'm not in it's amazing shape, but I love elliptical machines. I like to go uh -huh. on, look at the time, listen to the music, get changed, shower, feel good about myself, and be like, yes, I went to the gym. Right. 
now it's like it's like around three o'clock I'll like get in my car hopefully go on a hike that's long enough to like get something going you know sure but it doesn't feel as pointed you know like it doesn't I don't feel like my body is getting the same thing I've tried doing videos and stuff it's just not I'm just like I'm sick of that aspect I want to mm. just like know I took care of it and like see the number and I'm thinking when I go back of getting an elliptical machine. Yeah, I love elliptical machines. I actually got a sitting elliptical machine that I oh. stand on. And is that the one with just the feet in the air that go yes. like that? <laughs> Wait, yeah. I've been looking at those and I'm like, how do you maintain balance? But you, you, stand, you can stand on it, right? You can stand. I. I have it by my refrigerator actually because it's the perfect height where I could put my uh, iPad up and <laughs> reach my ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I bought it just so that I could open the the freezer. Yes. The ice cream melts and then refreeze. <laughs> here, Julia Cameron wrote "The Artist Way" is here. Robert Redford wow. lives here. Oh wow. Jeannie yeah. did live here, huh? But it's just it. I and I see why it's it's peaceful. It's there's a feeling of wholeness, and it's like inspiring too. It's Are just, you in Albuquerque? Like what part of New Mexico? I'm in Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, Albuquerque. I think is more the Breaking Bad vibe. Uh huh. Yeah. Santa Fe is a little more like we have a quaint little, you know, main square where if it were open, you know, you'd leave every shop decked out in head to toe turquoise with a little. <laughs> yeah. In one hand, turquoise <laughs> in the other. Like it's that kind of like slightly yeah. twisty area. Sure. Um, but then it's just like, gorgeous like there are some neighborhoods that just have a ton of money and when you drive up you're just like this is insane wow. yeah. I, i'm having the this is insane feeling more than i would i think in like beverly hills but th that's i don't even know if beverly hills is still what the idea of what it used to be you know yeah yeah like i wouldn't want to live in beverly hills no too many ghosts too many ghosts. Too many Hollywood ghosts. Yeah. And also Santa Fe is probably more land uh, for cheaper. Yeah. So people will make it more grandiose and big. Yes. yes. And it's weird yeah. more relaxed too. Like it, they're like, there's not a lot of pretense, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I think that's important being surrounded by beauty like when I was driving from New York to California, like five, almost six years ago now, I was struck by how enormous the U.S. is and how gorgeous it is. And there were moments, especially in like Utah and Colorado, I would be like Arizona. I was like yelling alone in my car because it was so unbelievably beautiful. Yes. That's what yeah. I have here. That's yeah. Yeah. It's, I like that. I drove to Taos. Um, mm. I had some friends. Were, 
kind of passing through. It's like in okay. northern, uh, it's north of Santa Fe, but it's like okay. a tundra. Like in the winter, it's just like, wow. it's like artsy. I've never, I don't know that I've ever used the word artsy before. I Because <laughs> artsy usually means horrible art. Yeah. Hence so fartsy. I'm going to retract that adjective. Okay. It's, it's not artsy. It's kind of, it's a sweet town mm. that I know is populated by artists. It is where Giorgio O'Keefe did live. Wow. But just like this gorgeous, like tundra, like I just, I had that experience driving through. I was like, oh my God, like it felt like another planet. Yeah. yeah. And I am grateful for that aspect of experiencing the pandemic in that I was able to just leave in a safe way. Mm -hmm. You know, because people were like, oh, are you sure it's safe to travel? It's like, I'm literally only in my car. Mm -hmm. And I'm checking into an Airbnb by with a lock pad. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And then I get in and wipe things down and then call yeah. it a day. It's like, I don't, it's not like I'm heading to the airport, taking an Uber, you know, right. gas stations. So, yep. um, but it is something I'm grateful for is the opportunity to just like get out of LA because LA is a beautiful city and I'm sure when I go back, I don't want to go back. <laughs> when I want to go back, I'll appreciate it in a new way or, yes, you know, I'll see, maybe I'll go to a different neighborhood or I'll yeah. find another way to make it work. Yeah. A different way that I can take like these values with me, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. No, I... I like that, you know, you kind of shaped that perspective into one of gratitude. Uh, because I remember in the beginning, I remember seeing how stressed you were, like you were ordering Instacart and spraying down everything with um, uh, like Lysol and you were very careful, like you were like hardcore yeah. lockdown. And now you've mustered yeah. the bravery to find happiness and went to New Mexico. You're driving and you're taking in beauty. I mean, yeah. And then you're grateful. Like, I think that's so nice. All of that. That's so nice to hear, Grace, because I was miserable. And you know what? I don't even know if it was just the pandemic. Uh -huh. I think it was like once I realized I was just alone in my apartment and locked in by the peacock and worried about the, it was a, just a culmination of things that I, I realized some like in September. Yeah. I can't stay here because I think I am going insane. Yeah. I, I don't even say it. Like I, I don't take that lightly. I was. Yeah. Like having to listen to like panic attack meditations to mm -hmm. fall asleep, you know, it felt very, and I'm sure a lot of people felt this way, but it, it, in a weird way, like a lot, I'm, I do think a lot of people have felt this, especially like people who are immunocompromised yep. or who are older, like, what is this? Especially if you're living alone. And when this is over, if it's ever over, because 
I don't know. I just saw, did you see Ian McKellen getting the vaccine or whatever? I did. He's like, I had to recommend it. It's like, you just got it. Yeah. We've all had a shot. You can't go, I highly recommend buying this book. It's like, you haven't read the book, you idiot. Right. Yes. Sorry, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it's like, we don't know if it works. Yeah. We don't know what it, what's going to happen. We don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow with one side of your face frozen or, you know, because mm-hmm. people were getting palsy from it. Yeah. And so it's like, we, but, but when this is over, everyone is going to have been through something, you know, like everyone's gone through a change and the way that that manifests is going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how people move their way back into society. And if it's going to be gradual or if it's going to be like, I keep picturing everyone at the Virgil, like, yeah, I just keep picturing some crazy party at the Virgil. Yeah. Both sides, they're open. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. Yeah. You know, I watched a little bit of that. Is it too early to get into it? (laughs) Get into what? I watched a little bit of the uh, Goblin. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) You watched some of it? (laughs) Well, I watched the uh, trailers. It. yeah well okay yeah we can what did you think of the trailers yeah we can get into that yeah what did i think of the trailers yeah a lot of scarves <laughs> literally there's a woman wearing a chunky scarf in every trailer yeah just a red thick like, <laughs> like i'm like honey pull it like oh god if that kind of dressed me out a little bit it's like there should be just scenes of people entering rooms and unwinding scarves so many scarves the it also was kind of like it had it was shot in a way that was kind of hallmarky yes no but then so it almost made the goblin parts a little more jarring. Like, wait, what? You know, because it feels like it's, it felt a little two-dimensional, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Yeah. The storyline, you mean, or just the aesthetic or the, both? The aesthetic, yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. really delved into the storylines, yeah. but I could kind of lean. There was some line about, like, that phone isn't, you know, no one's called here in 60 years or something. You know, that's like a young thing. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay. But but this is like a popular show, right? Dude, it was like unbelievable. What a huge... This was... In Wikipedia, they call it a mega hit. Whatever the fuck that means. But it's not just a hit. It's a mega hit. Like, people went buck wild when this show came out in um, late 2016 into 2017 yeah it was intense yeah but um yeah let's yeah so it's like it's a drama it's a drama yes yes there's some comedic elements but it's mostly a drama sorry i was watching i was like i wonder if this is like the korean version of this is us (laughs) 
a terror a show I started watching in quarantine. Have you seen that show? I could never watch that show. No, no Great. way. I couldn't tell when the show ended and a commercial began. <laughs> it was so saccharine. I'd be like, wait, is this a flashback or a country time lemonade commercial? <laughs> it's like someone just staring out a window with kind of, you know, yeah. cross fades and you're just like, oh, this is the show still. Okay. <laughs> and like, they talk about the dad being dead every episode. And that's where there is crossover with Goblin. <laughs> you're obsessed with his dad on This Is Us. And you're like, he's like five seasons of like going back and thinking about how this crock pot exploded. <laughs> that's what happens. On Sorry, that's a huge spoiler. I can it's you can spoil away i really don't give a shit i could never watch that show it just looked so but then it gets addictive but then it becomes a, if you watch enough of anything you're like okay let's just see how this okay. unfolds yeah like, yeah like let's see how you worked your way out of this maze exactly um yeah but yeah okay so goblin it has two titles yeah it's either goblin or the guardian great and lonely god it doesn't matter it's these titles they're always it depends on who translates it it's de it depends on transliteration it's it's got all these things but it's but not... if you were looking like if you were trying to find it on a guide yeah in korea would it say goblin or would it say the other title um i don't know like on viki which is the streaming platform where this show is currently on i think it says guardian the great and lonely god but even if you type in goblin, I think just the search engine will understand what you're looking for and then give you that as a result. Um, but if you were saying it to a friend in Korean, it would just have one thing that meant both? We or... would say goblin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. And the word goblin, like goblin is like this Western fantasy, like elf-like, gorish creature. But in Korea, it's like tokebi, which is essentially, it's comparable to a goblin, but it's tokebi. Tokebi is the word and it's the concept. And it's it's like they have a little bat with spikes on it. They have a little horn like at the top of, on the top of their heads. They look very savage, like they're, they're topless, but they wear like a skirt made of like hay and leaves or something. I think I saw this guy on Hinge. Exactly. <laughs> Whoever you're, <laughs> the, the New Mexico dating pool is very different from LA. I'll just say that. A lot of guys like have motorcycles with like spikes, and you're like, I, I can't get into those. <laughs> well, now you have a like an opening to that. Be like, are you the goblin that I saw on this Korean drama? Um, and the the. The thing that the goblin, the Korean goblins have is like when they use their little bat, they can make gold appear. So it's like a leprechaun too. Like they can, they go whack the bat and then gold appears. But it's like contingent upon some, some awful condition. Like I can give you gold right now, but you know, your son might die or something like that. You know, it's like, that's why right. they're, it's technically not benevolent creatures. They're monstrous creatures like that because they have these conditions yeah wow but been through something. yeah 
but the goblin in this show he's like very handsome and tall and like romantic and um anyway we'll get into it but uh let me ask you some flashcard questions all right so i ask you some questions and you just answer them based on how lizzie would do uh okay so you're the same 18 year old girl and you meet a 939 year old man whose identity is actually a goblin all right and he's very attractive he has a sword stuck inside his chest and the ghosts that have been following you since you were a child they are telling you that you are his wife what do you do i would be his wife a hundred percent i know what i was like when i was 18 i would have been like yes this is the perfect situation <laughs> i've been in similar situations when i was like young i dated this like 52 year old hungarian sculptor <laughs> A goblin, yeah. Yes, he was a goblin. I did. I've been in this situation, so I know I would be like, I've no issue with that. Okay. And the like, attractive and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Try to like, attractive. I would date him and try to like learn something. You know, okay. I'd write about. It. I'd date him. I'd try to crank out a few poems. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. You. All right. Into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use them for your creativity. All right, great. And your growth. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So you're you are now the nine hundred and thirty nine year old goblin man, old man goblin. And you used to be a general about a thousand years ago during the Korea dynasty in Korea, but a jealous king had you killed. All right. And your punishment okay. for killing so many people during the war was making you live forever until the day you meet your wife who will pull the sword out from your chest which is the way that you technically died she pulls the sword out of your chest and and then when she does she turns you into dust and then you finally die forever you disappear all right and in the year 2016 you meet this 18 year old high school girl who claims to be your wife and she says she'll pull the sword out of your chest. What do you do? Do you let her? Um, I think I might bring her to like a lie detector test. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> just to make sure that it's real? Yeah. How is she, where is she coming up with this information? You know, yeah. like, what is her motive? You know, why does she want to do this? Uh-huh. Okay. It, because how how does someone just come up to you and say, I'm your spouse? I mean, I guess right. unless it's love at sight, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I guess I could let her just try. Uh-huh. Do I want to die? Do you think this me as 939-year-old person wants to die? Or is that part of the question? That is Are part you of asking the question. I'm asking you as that man, as an Next old goblin. Question. Do you personally have a death wish? <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners? You've been living for 939 years. It's a long time. You've seen yeah, eras I, change. Yeah. I think life is a good, however long you're alive is a good amount of time, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't force it. I think I would... I would honestly, I'm, 
I would probably pray on it a little bit and say, if this is my wife, can I get clearer guidance on that? Yeah. Make it more bona fide for you. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I like so that answer. Detector. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you're the same 18 year old girl. You turn 19 now. Okay. And you're about to go to college. You find out that if you pull the sword out of this goblin's chest, you'll end up killing him. But if you don't pull the sword out of his chest, fate will kill you. What do you do? I thought you were going to say you'll lose your scholarship. <laughs> okay. If I do, okay. So I already know that I'll pull the sword out. And if I don't, I'll die. Yeah. I would, you know, arrange a breakfast with this goblin, sit him down with a few pamphlets and talk out our options. <laughs> okay. Even though those yeah. the options are just breakfast. those two things. Okay. We'd have a breakfast. We'd talk about it. What would you have for breakfast? God, you know what I'm really wanting right now is huevos. What are those? Huevos rancheros. Oh, huevos rancheros. Okay, okay. (laughs) I can probably get it anywhere here. Really? In New Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. It's kind of like a specialty. Hmm. I mean, I could do curbside, let's be honest. You could. Um, But that's what I would have. Breakfast. A breakfast like that, actually, a breakfast like that, I'd like to just, if an uncomfortable breakfast, I would go more with like a salmon omelet. Mm. Yeah. Salmon and capers is more formal for a conversation, I think. Yeah. I would go salmon and capers and save the huevos for a celebration. Yeah, of either your life or death. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. more celebratory. I like Relax. That. A sophisticated brunch to negotiate who's going to die and then celebratory huevos rancheros. Okay. Either way. (laughs) All right. So final question. All right. You're the 939-year-old goblin man. All right. And you have this ability to open any door and wind up in any place you want to be. Where would you go? Are you... (laughs) Serious? Yeah, he has that ability. You have that ability. In Berlin, because you were saying you love Berlin. Um, if I could go anywhere right now, yeah, right now. Okay, could I change the weather too? Yeah, he can change the weather. How did you know that? Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if I were to say I wanted to go to like a wave pool. (laughs) (laughs) Sunny outside because I think it would be so fun right now to open a door, hop on an inner tube and just float down a lazy river with like a drink. Oh yeah. Great music, like a long one, you know? Yeah. Socially distanced. I would love to just do something fun and relaxing like that right now. I've gone on all the hikes. I've seen the beauty. Let me just think commercial, dumb and numbing. Yeah. And have there be people around in a, in a world where there's no COV19, you uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. 
Okay. I like that answer. That's sweet. I like that, um, you know, like I was expecting like, oh, like some like magnificent nature thing, but it's like, because you're in that, you don't need it. And you want to go to like, like a water park. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like a Chili's. Like I want to go somewhere just so normal. I'm craving normalcy. I'm craving that blooming onion of existence right now. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, That's a profound answer. Thank you. Mm. All right. That wraps up our flashcard series. Thanks. Great. Yeah. I loved uh, talking to you. This was so fun. This was so great. I love the idea of this show. And it makes me want to watch more Goblin. (laughs) I mean, I'm him now. So I've got (laughs) to. Yeah. I I chose this. I chose this show specifically for you because I was just like, yeah, like there's like time travel in this. There's like uh, reincarnation and rebirth in this. There's like all this trippy stuff. Like I think she'd be down. Like I could, this is very much like, like Lizzie, like, yeah. I love it. Thank you, Grace. (laughs) Thanks, Lizzie. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, which is called uh, What Happened in Bali. It's also known as Something Happened in Bali. And it came out in 2004. It is a SBS drama. It is very intense. It is not a fun, happy-go-lucky kind of show. So just be forewarned. Um, as I say in every single episode, there will be spoilers in that episode. There were spoilers on this episode. I'm sorry that my spoiler alert is coming so late, but it's here. I mentioned it in episode one. There will be spoilers in every single episode. Um, so check out what happened in Bali. It is a really intense show, fun show to binge. Um, and it stars some hot people. So you get some eye candy, like you get Suji's hub, you get Chuin's hung, you get Hajiwan. So there you go. Um, and if you have any questions for me, email me. Uh, you can send your emails to kdramaschool at gmail.com. I'll try to address them on the podcast. And if you haven't already, please follow us at kdramaschool on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you want more information about this podcast and any of the shows that I just discussed, check out check out the website, kdramaschool.com. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. And I will see you next week. Bye.